0: And I'm excited. I've been sitting here thinking, man, this feels like home. Yeah. Then my wife confirmed it. She said, babe, this feels like home. This feels like home. I feel the spirit of my pastor my bishop here don't understand, you know, when you're evangelizing, a lot of times you go to churches and you're trying to feel the spirit of ministry there. You can't make every place like home. You just got to get in where you fit in and you got to flow in the Holy Ghost and speak whatever God tells you. And sometimes it's tight, but it ain't tight today. It's not tight. I'm ready. I'm ready to flow in the power and authority, dominion of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I give honor to God. I give honor to my bishop and my pastor. I give honor to Pastor Green, his family. We thank you for your hospitality. I give honor to your church, and I give honor to my wife and my kids. I know it's not easy sometimes. That was a drive, boy. See, it wouldn't been that bad if I just left from Oklahoma City. It'd been five hours and Maybe 30 minutes, probably about six hours, because I probably only would have stopped one time. I'm that daddy. I mean, we went to Because of the Times. It was seven hours plus. I stopped two times. Better talk to Jesus. Didn't nobody tell you drink all that water? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> stopped two times. But I had to drive to Tulsa to pick up my wife, which was northeast from Oklahoma City. So, it was about a seven-hour drive from Tulsa to here, and we stopped three times. So, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Amen. But if you got your Bibles, you turn to Romans chapter 12. Hallelujah. Starting at verse 1. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you got it, will you say amen? Amen. Well, amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. I want the perfect will of God to flow and to show up in my life. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, isn't that great? It'd be kind of boring if we all were the same. It'd be really boring. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and every one member, one of another. Having then gives, deferring according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait in our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Mm. You may be seated. We're going to stop right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. I want to talk to you. God wouldn't leave me alone. I want to talk to you about kingdom alignment. But not just kingdom alignment. It's time to get in kingdom capacity. God began to talk to me last Sunday when we were in service and me and Pastor Green were texting one another. I was feeling things in the spirit. God was moving, talking to me. He was getting me aligned on some things inside my heart. And God began to tell me, you know, I'm preparing you for such a time as this. I'm trying to help you get to the place that you need to get so you can move and flow in the overflow. See, oftentimes, especially if you've been through some things in life, you become a survivalist. See, uh, I've had to survive all my life. I've had to fight almost all my life. And, and a lot of times you get accustomed to just surviving. But we serve a God of abundance, and he doesn't want us to serve him in survival mode, but he wants us to serve him with the abundance thinking that, God, you can do whatever you need to do in my life. And if I'm not receiving what he's promised me or spoken in my life, that means something in my life is out of order and has got me out of alignment to where I can't flow and operate the way I'm supposed to flow and operate. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to understand who they are and understand your identity in God. It's time for you to understand that God didn't make a mistake, He doesn't make trash, He makes masterpieces. He created you in his image, in his likeness. It is time for us to flow and to operate in the image that he's created us in. It's time for us to flow in spirit and in word. God is a spirit. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. He's the word. We see it in John chapter 1 that God is the word made flesh. So therefore, we need to understand that it's time for us to operate in spirit and in word. And if we're flowing in the spirit, that means that carnality is not thriving in our lives. So when we're alignment, we're aligning to the straight line that God is placing in the midst of his people today. We're aligning our hearts and our minds. We're aligning our spirit. God is wanting us to operate in holiness. It's time for you to understand that he's putting his plumb line. It's not just in Amos chapter 7, but God never changes. His plumb line is still in the midst of his people, and he wants to know if you're upright with the plumb line. Is your heart, is your thinking, is your spirit upright in alignment with what I'm trying to do in this world today? God begin to talk to me. I've been studying a lot on Jeroboam and how his life was just out of alignment because he wanted to serve himself. He had fear, insecurities. He wanted to worship the way he felt he should worship, but God is saying it's time for you to place the church into order. It's time for your worship to be in order. It's time for your thinking to be in order. It's time for your praise to be in order. It's time for your prayer life to be in order. It's time for you to understand that His provision is to take care of you, and you've got to learn complete dependency on God. You've got to understand that there's a world out there that's watching us, and they need to know that you got the right stuff in your life. I told you I was feeling like I was at home. I can't be pretty and stay in the pulpit. It's time for you to understand that, God, when people see me, do they see that I'm aligned with the kingdom? When I go to work, do they see me as your child? Is everything in my life aligned? My relationships, how I think when I see people who don't look like me. It's time for us to be the church the word says that there's going to be nations against nations. That's supposed to happen. When you break that down into Greek, it's ethnos. It's ethnic groups. You're going to have black against brown. You're going to have white against black. You're going to have white against brown. You're going to have that. But if you're a part of the church, you should be a part of it. It's time for the church to make the the things of God taste good. It's time for the world to see the church and they get a sweet taste in their mouth and know that they can come in here and worship God in spirit and in truth without judgment, without any condemnation or shame putting up on them because God is not a God of shame. He's not a God of condemnation. He's a God of redemption and deliverance. And it's time for us to be the church you've got to understand that the things that you're going through right now it's not about you it's about the kingdom everything that you're going through right now is for kingdom work every trial, every test every tribulation is for the kingdom so people can see if you can still live for God they can live for God too If you can still worship God through your circumstance, they can worship God too. If you can be delivered from from depression, they can be delivered from depression too. It's time for us to be transparent. It's time for us to have unity and truly trust one another. Not that fake trust that I trust you right now because we're in service. But every day we trust one another. Every day that we're living for God in such a way that everybody knows, you know what? I can go to them about my issue because we're a family. You might not understand them, but you can love them. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself right now, but I'm going to flow. I'm going to flow in the Holy Ghost. It's time for us to truly be the church and have the mind of Christ and understand if God was here today, He would be be in the midst of the people that just rub us wrong right now. He would be in the midst of the people, the homosexual, the transgender. How are they going to know to live for God if people of God don't show them the love of God and how to flow in the things of God? See, it goes beyond that. You might say, I don't have a racism problem, but you might have a bigotry problem that you don't want the homosexual sitting next to you and your children in church. But God died for them just like he died for you. It's time for you to be the church. It's time for us to be bold in the Holy Ghost and begin to flow and operate in everything that God has called us to flow and operate. He knows every hair on our head. He knows every thought, but he's wanting you to align yourself. He's given you free will to love him and to trust him. It's time for us to walk in the spirit. It's time for us to align ourselves and remove every limitation out of our lives. Remove everything out of our lives that's going to get us out of alignment. Remove every relationship that gets us out of alignment. It's time to flow in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I'm letting you know right now, you've got to get out the grove. God began to talk to me this weekend as I was preparing, and I preached this to our youth at home. It's time for you to get out the grove. It's time for you to get out of the world. It's time for you to stop looking at the things in Hollywood and saying, this is what I want for my life. You can't go to the grove when everything is going wrong in your life, and then when that doesn't work out, you run to God. It's time for you to operate in repentance It's time for you to operate in the fruits of the Spirit. God is not interested in the gifts that you have because all callings of gifts are without repentance. It's time for you to operate fully in the gifts of the Spirit. Are you producing fruit that the world wants to taste? Hallelujah. Jesus, when we look in Galatians, it talks about all these sins. But well, here's the part that gets me right here. It says things like these. There's no gray area. You can't mix holy with unholy and expect God to move and the flow in your life the way he wants to flow. It's not going to work that way. We're in such a critical time right now that God is looking for the real. This ain't 15 years ago where there's so much mercy that I'm still going to let you operate and flow, but you know what? Hopefully you'll get it together. No, God is looking for you to get it together right now. It's time for you to fall in love with Jesus, with everything that's within you, and know that he's called you, and know that every time that something bad is happening, it's not the devil. It's God making you and conforming you into what he wants you to be. You're paying the price for the anointing that you're seeking right now not everything is rainbows and butterflies when they go to the world do they see this is that that the prophet Joel was talking about are you a professional Pentecostal you looked the part not a bobby pin out of place your skirt dragging the ground but your heart is nasty. You can form it. Hey, man, I got my suit, pastor. I'm clean shave. I'm trying to be, hey. But you can't pray. Could it be? I want brothers in, in here. I want sisters in here that don't look like me but I don't know if I want them to minister to me. I don't know if they got the capacity to minister to my heart the way I feel that my heart should be ministered to. Anything that's not like God in our lives is going to send you to hell. Period. We've got to be We've got to be so in tune with the spirit. I don't care if you're ALJC. I don't care if you're WPF. I don't care if you're independent. If your heart ain't right, you're not making it to heaven. That's right. That's true. Hallelujah. If your heart's not right, you're going to be a trophy in hell. You're going to be that woulda, shoulda, coulda. I prophesied in your name. But who are you? I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Who are you? God wants to know, are you representing me wholeheartedly? When they see you, do they see me? Are you living a life of repentance? Repentance, not just God. I got upset. That person cut me off, so I gave him the finger. Lord, forgive me. Come on. They cut me off. I called them all types of names, but it's just me right here in the car. Ain't nobody here. yeah yeah no but repentance disconnects us from the world of sin through the and and the the disconnection through the disconnection we begin to gain the forgiveness this is why paul said i die daily we've got to be in a life of repentance so we can flow in full capacity what do you talk about brother Ernest uh, if you're walking in the spirit uh, you're walking in full capacity if you're flowing in the spirit you're in your full capacity this is how Adam was able to operate in the garden and name the animals he was in full capacity there was no sin that's a whale shark that's a bull shark that's a reef shark that's an elephant seal that's a seal. That's an oak tree. That's a pecan tree. Come on now. I'm in Texas. You know y'all smoking that good wood around here. That post oak. That pecan. Put that that cherry cherry good smoke ring off my barbecue on, on the side a little bit. But God told me I was more than barbecue. He's also been talking to me and let me know, because I'm full-time, the time that I put in a brisket is the time I need to be given him. Because we're not living a life of repentance, we're not dwelling with God the way we should. We're not giving him his time. We just say, you know what, you know what, God, you know I, I got to do the, the meal plan this week. I got to get the kids in bed by 8.30. I just ain't got the time. But God, you know I love you. But as soon as a crisis happened, God, 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 God. You try to cast God in like a lottery ticket. And He saying, all right, you're just operating in mercy. See, there's been times, I'm going to be transparent, that I was operating in mercy. There was times that I was ministering in mercy. Why? Because, God, I just didn't have the time. God is busy. God, I got four kids. God, I got a wife. I got a lot going on. I've got issues going on in my life, and I'm tired right now. God, I'm dealing with sickness. How many of y'all dealing with sickness right now? Come on, don't be sad. But God is saying no matter what sickness you got, you still got to do what I've called you to do. See, I told you I feel like at home, so I'm going to be transparent because this is what the church needs. The church isn't transparent enough. This is why folks come into the church and think it's almost impossible to live for God because we got people who just forgot where they came from, forgot that you used to be an alcoholic, forgot you used to do drugs, forgot that you used to be depressed, forgot that you used to dwell and operate in insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember March, Brother Green, Pastor Green. I remember in March, I was in a need of a miracle. I was preaching revivals with a heart monitor on my chest. Preaching miracles. Seeing folks getting miracles. And I'm sitting there with my heart flashing green as I'm preaching. Through my white shirt. He's a healer! But yet... My heart is flashing green. I got a monitor on my test. They got me taking medicine that got me feeling terrible. I can barely walk. I got cramps in my legs. The side effects are worse than what we're trying to treat. Well, Ernest, you got to take this medicine. We're trying to keep you from having a heart attack. Your heart's not beating right. 42 beats per minute. 38 beats per minute. And Brother, I'm walking around 265. I can't have forty-two beats a minute trying to carry all this. Got COVID. 2020 almost died. Blood clots all over my body. 2021. COVID again. And I got it at church both times. Salty. Yeah. I was I was mad and God was like, hey man, fix your attitude. They found a blockage in my heart. 2021. And God had told me he was gonna heal my heart two months before then. I didn't tell my wife. That's why she goes to every doctor's uh, appointment now. I withhold information. (laughs) I didn't tell her I had blood clots when I was in the hospital in 2020 until I got out of the hospital. I was crying, because I thought I was gonna die. I really did. The night before I went to the hospital, I felt myself slipping away. And all I could do was scream with every last energy in my body, Get up in the name of Jesus. My wife, what's wrong? Nothing. I can't breathe. I'm breathing in the high 60s, low 70s. But I get there. My wife's like, babe, you're scaring the kids. But I was like, you don't understand. I didn't know. Every time my kids would see me on FaceTime, dad, when you coming home? Baby, they don't know. I'm trying to tell them I'm coming home. But deep down, I'm like, you know what? I'm about to die. I'm talking to my best friend. Hey, bro, you need to make sure you watch over my kids. You show my son how to operate in the Holy Ghost. You make sure my wife don't get bitter, bro. Don't let nobody try to take advantage of my family, bro. I'm checking out. I didn't call my family. I'm telling them goodbye. Yeah. Tell my wife, you know what? The one thing I ain't gonna miss is getting a shot in the stomach every night because I have blood clots. And she said, "You had what?" She smacked me. And I'm like, "Hey, I just got out of the hospital, I'm frail. I done lost 20 pounds in a week. Yeah." But while I was sitting there frustrated and angry, feeling like the people who was supposed to protect me, the church, y'all being unsubmitted. They told you you felt bad or you tested positive. You ain't supposed to be here. Give me a choice if I want to die. That's how I'm thinking. And God said, I'm the same God that I was with John the Baptist. I'm saying, God, what's going on? He said, I was God when he was in the wilderness eating wild locusts and honey. I was God when he was baptizing people unto repentance. And I was God when his head was served on a charger. Some of you are going through a crisis right now. And through your crisis, you still need to worship God, how you worship God on the mountaintop. Oh, my God. Is it all right? This okay. I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost. You've got to worship God. Like you worship God on the mountaintop in the valley. you got to understand that you can't live on the mountaintop. There's The air is too thin on the mountaintop. There's no vegetation on the mountaintop. There's nothing. There's no water source. uh, But in the valley, there's a water source. In the valley, there's vegetation. In the valley, there's meat. And sometimes God is trying to teach you something that you've been hard-headed, not listening. So, therefore, he's got to give you trouble because you're not talking to me the way that I want you to talk to me. You're not giving me your issues. Here's here's what it really is. God is saying if we don't align ourselves, we're just not going to be a part of the revival. There's nothing that's going to stop this revival from happening, church. Nothing. Because time is too critical. There's nothing that's going to keep us from having the revival. You just won't be a part of it. God said it's either we can have a revival out of obedience or a revival that's an Ananias and Sapphira revival. He'll just start shaking the house up. See, when you're not flowing and operating in the things of God, you're really lying to the Holy Ghost. And Ananias and Sapphira, they died because they lied to the Holy Ghost. They lied. They wanted to keep things hidden It's time for you to release things that are keeping you from being consecrated. Without consecration, carnality thrives. And with uh, carnality, oftentimes we begin to compromise who we are and what we stand for. This is why it's comfortable for apostolic people to chill in the grove. Carnality separates us from the kingdom things. We see in uh, Genesis chapter 13 when, when Abraham got rid of Lot. He began to flow and operate in the things that God wanted him to flow and operate. You cannot see the kingdom without consecration. You can't flow into the dimensions that you want to flow in without consecration. You've got to an answer to God. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Consecration produces the oil. It's the oil that brings forth the anointing. When life is stepping on you, it's producing the oil. And it's the anointing that God is trying to produce in your life. And it's the anointing that breaks the yokes of bondage. It's time for you to step out of the boat. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he was walking on the word of God. But God was just walking on his spirit. It's time for you to step out the boat and stop looking at things that are not there. Peter looked at the wind. You can't see the wind. We're going through our things in life, and we're thinking and seeing things in our mind that's not even there. And it's keeping us from flowing in the blessing that God wants you to flow in. It's keeping you from operating in the DNA and the maturity that God has for the church. Why? Because the people who are going to walk through here are going to take on our DNA. I told you I feel like at home. I'm talking about hours. They're going to take on our DNA. If you don't pray, they're not going to pray. If you don't fast, they're not going to fast. If you're not submitted, they're not going to be submitted. If you only agree with pastor when it's something that makes you feel good, they're going to be the same way. And in all reality, you're going to have blood on your hands. We got to pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, start at verse 17. That's what that is for the ones that are taking notes. This is how we gain our full capacity through prayer. You begin to talk to God. God begins to talk to you. This is when the gifts come in, uh, into place. You begin to talk to God. God begins to operate gifts inside of you in your personal prayer time. And then therefore, when you're in the body, The gifts are for the edification of the body. You'll know how to flow. Because in your prayer time, you'll feel those things that God is saying, all right, this is how you're going to feel. This is how you speak. And you won't be out of order. Because here's the thing. I'm just going to be real. A lot of times we've operated. There's many uh, people in the church who have operated, and they're operating in their gifting, but they didn't operate in the way that they should in order. Then they got shut down. Then they get frustrated, get bitter, and they don't operate no more. And all callings are gifts without repentance, right? So that means if you don't operate in them on judgment day, you're going to give an account for them. This is why we need to be in our full capacity. You've got to have fasting. You've got to die. I remember Bishop talking to me, letting me know, you know what? Burning flesh is a sweet savor to God. And when your flesh is thriving, Bubba, you stink to him. He would tell me things like this, Bubba, your emotions should be like a still pond. And right now, it looks like somebody done threw a rock in your pond. So then you begin to pray things. Pray the word. You begin to pray. God, give me the gift of emotion that my emotion can only be moved by you. God, help me to flow, Lord, in discretion. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. God is trying to teach us. With discretion, we begin to build good godly character. It teaches us how to walk in the image and the likeness of God. This is when you can open up your phone and look at your music playlist and see that, hey, discretion's helped me. These songs right here are only to uplift God. You're not saying, well, this song right here just gets me going when I'm in the gym. You know, I remember back in the day. Yeah. Before you sanctified people, I only listen to country. Are they edifying God? We've got a clean house. This is what God is saying. If you don't clean your house, how can I flow in your house? If you don't get consecrated now, when they say you can't buy or sell, you won't consecrate then. If you can't depend on me now, you won't depend on me when they say, hey, man, you didn't take the mark, you can't eat. You won't go to the grove. The grove is a nasty place, sacrificing men, worshiping gold, golden calves. They're having sexual, uh, ritualistic activities to bail in the grove. You see this happening in Hollywood right now before your eyes. But because cardinality is thriving, oftentimes we don't even realize that they're trying to groom you now. This world's trying to groom you. This world is bold. And we're not bold enough. See, I don't have to agree with you to not offend you. I don't cosign homosexuality. I don't. But they can sit by me. And I love them. You got to have the right spirit. Spirit. And I'm telling you, God has has tested me because there were some things I just didn't like. There was last year, I remember I was teaching a man, he had sexual charges. Man was a demon. I would still go to his house and teach him Bible study. You can't come to the church, but if you're serious, you can get deliverance. It's the same way you're not going to let the bank robber take up the offering at church. Come on now. You got wisdom. The person who got the gambling problem, they're not going to take up the offering. Come on. You got to get some true deliverance first. But think about it. God wants us to get the word of God. Look at it. It's the mirror. God, how do you see me? Because when I said that, some of you cringed. You taught that pervert Bible study. We've got to be safe people. If you got the Holy Ghost, you've got to be a safe person. That anybody can come in here and say, I can be comfortable in my own skin. And anybody can say, these are holy people because they're showing holiness, not just outward, but inward. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. This is what it is. We've got to operate in love. And we get too much in our own thinking, our own understanding. This is why few will find it. We've truly got to search our hearts. Will you stand? Lord, have mercy. We've truly got to get to the place where we're not putting God in a box. We've truly got to take every every minute that we have in God's presence seriously. God can't move the way he wants to move because we're saying, hey, God, 1230, we done. I got the roast. I got plans. I want to take a nap. We've got so used to not having Sunday night services. But we say, I want revival. But we're taking away opportunities for them to come into the house. See, this is what's gonna happen with the revival. Revival's gonna come and it's gonna be so heavy and so vast that you're gonna have to have multiple services. You're gonna have to get off your seat and get busy. It can't just be the Spanish pastor and Pastor Green do all the work. You've gotta be a true evangelist and disciple. Uh, an evangelist is not just somebody that stands behind the pulpit. I, I want you to know, you know how our bishop is. You better be teaching a Bible study. I still got my Bible study. Sometimes they're just over the phone or sometimes they're on Zoom. But I still do the work at home. Why? Because I'm a son of the soil. I understand, God, you planted me here. And the only way that I can flow in the authority that you put on my life, in the authority of my pastor, my bishop, is if I'm truly submitted to being the son of the soil. We've got to get tired of being sick and tired. We've got to stop having seven-minute altar calls. Brother Eli Hernandez said the average altar call was about seven minutes a few years ago. And I've tested it out. I go to churches. Often now, I've been to camp meetings. And I'm telling you, I've seen... Men of God, who's all over Instagram, they got millions, hundreds of thousands of views. Preach their guts out, and folks are shouting. They're dancing. They're amen in him, and they're and they're getting the altar. And seven minutes later, they're walking out the altar. We talk preachers, not just saints. Preachers. Hey man, if we leave now, we can get to the uh, you know get to the restaurant. We won't have to eat aha. We could do this. But the situations that we're going through right now didn't take seven minutes to get there. And God... Has been pushing me to the place where I've just been super uncomfortable. And he's saying, Get comfortable with being uncomfortable because revival's uncomfortable. And you're going to have a whole lot of people that you're not going to agree with. You're not going to understand. But if you're flowing in my spirit, you'll know how to handle them with care. You'll be the perfect midwife and you'll handle my babies with clean hands. This is real, church. We've got to truly have real deliverance. We've got to truly lay things down at this altar and never pick them back up again. So that means if you've been delivered from anger frustration, that don't mean you go back to it when things don't go right in your life. You go back to the thing that got you the deliverance and that's the altar. There's people outside these walls that's looking for a way of an escape and it's right here at this altar to get the escape from the muck and the grime and the trash that they're going through. It's at the altar and you've got to take the DNA of the altar so they can understand what true freedom and liberty of the Holy Ghost is. You've got to get tired of having a Dr. Feel Good moment. Yeah. Woo! Worship was good. But you go back home and anxiety hits you. Yeah. See, I'm going I'm to let you know something. I'm not giving an altar call. Because I want to see who's apostolic. Because those who want it, they'll go out and get it. I'm to the point where I'm not begging no more. If you want it, you'll come to the altar. If you want it, you'll get in the altar and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. We've got to get to the place where we don't beg nobody no more. Because in our reality, if you've got to beg them, they're not ready. But we've got to set such an atmosphere that even when they're not ready, something begins to shake in their spirit in such a way that they say, I just got to get to the altar. I'm tired of talking about Azusa Street. I'm ready to have my experience now. It's recorded, they said, that a mile away at the train station, That when people would walk off the train and place their foot on the platform, they would fall out speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why? Because some people push away their pride, push away their competition, their insecurities, and got a hold of the throne room, and they got a hold of God, and it shifted the atmosphere that they were in, and everything that was not like God. Couldn't even stand to be in this place. Couldn't even stand and dwell in that atmosphere. I wonder if there's some men and women of God in uh, in Austin First Church who begin to flow and operate in the things of God in such a way that you shift the atmosphere. You begin to break barriers, not just racially, but you begin to break barriers in the spirit. You begin to talk to God, and he begins to teach you how to be an expert in war. You know how to fight. When the fight gets strong, you just get in the altar. God is tired of his church building altars with no sacrifice. God, I want to do this for you. But you don't put the sacrifice on the altar that you build and tell God, this is what I want. God, give us revival, but I don't have the time to teach a Bible study. God, give us revival, but I can't get my attitude in check. God, give us revival, but I can't submit to the man of God. God, give us revival, but I want to serve myself. God, give us revival. But I only want to teach what I feel I should teach, not what you tell me to speak, God. It's got to be plain. We make it too hard. We got to get back to the basics. I went into, I'm just going to say it. I went into the prayer room this morning. And you know who I saw in there? Elders. No young people. Only a few. Just elders crying out for the service. And I be, I wonder sometimes, God, when I go to churches, why do I see elders just sit there and wait for their ticket to be punched? Or could it be this generation really just wants to hear them whenever they feel like they're going through a crisis, but everything else, I'm going to just do my own thing. If it worked 50 years ago, it still works today. I remember my grandmother praying all night long. This week, God has been calling me deeper. You can ask my wife. There's been some nights that I've stayed up all night long. God, help me. God, help me. God, show me what you want me to do, God. I can't be lost. God, ask for me in my house. We're going to serve you. Ask for me in my house. We're going to promote purity. Somebody's got to get real with God. God, I'm broken in a million pieces and I need you to fix me again. I wasn't going to say it, but God's telling me to say it. It was 2019, my mother left the church. Why bitterness? Why offense? And if you allow bitterness and offense to get in your heart, your heart wasn't right anyway. Everything that I've been through, there's nothing that any that, uh, any person in this place can do to me that ain't already been done. I've been mistreated, I've been abused, I've been talked about, I've been shot at. I love God, so whether you love me or not, I'm trying to get a hold of the kingdom. My mother left the church, she told me, son, forgive me for ever bringing you around those apostolic people. He's a Hebrew-Israelite now. Son, leave that Mexican girl and get you a black woman so you can be blessed. Get you a Hebrew woman. See, we're not transparent enough. You might wonder, why is he preaching the way he preached? I've been through some things, baby. My dad leaving my mom. Take me on the date with the woman he cheated on my mom with when I was five. Son, she's just my friend. And if you tell your mother, I'll never let you roll with me again. When I was out there backslitting, and a lady said, hey, I think this child is your son's. And he says, you know what, sign the baby over and we'll give him vegetation rights. DNA test come back. The baby's not mine. But you would wound me so. I got his name. I'm Ernest II. And he's wounded me more than anybody. My mother. And sometimes I go months without talking to her. You would think I was selling drugs and in the street again. And all I'm doing is preaching the word. You better be careful. You're doing that false teaching. You got to make up in your mind if you're going to serve God, no matter what your family does. I've given up family for the gospel. It's not about me, it's about the kingdom. You've got to be transparent with God. And you've got to be transparent with yourself. And once you get transparent with God and with yourself, you can be transparent with your brother or your sister. This is how the church is going to heal. This is how the church is going to begin to flow and operate in full capacity and be in kingdom alignment. How bad do you want it? See, sometimes we say, hey, the evangelist is here. I need a miracle. But God is saying, all you got to do is approach me and get to the place where you can flow in the holies of holies. And I'll be in the midst of you. And the next thing you know, your healing will come. There's been times when I pray for somebody else's healing and I got my healing through praying for someone else. When well, it's time for us to begin to pray and ask God, God, give me a prayer plan. God, tell me what you want me to pray on these days so I'm not in just repetition. It's time for us to get to the place that if God walked into our homes, walked and looked at our computers, our phones, Our bedrooms, our living rooms, our monitors. Is it in kingdom alignment? Are you going to let your comfortability send you to hell? It's the will of God that this building be filled. It's the will of God that you have daughter works. It's the will of God that the fivefold ministry flows through this church like never before. But the only way that's going to happen is if you get in true alignment, in true radically submission, and say, Pastor, we're going to get a hold of your vision. If you get devout, God's been telling me, are you devout? He's just been asking me, are you devout? See, there's people who are so devout that they'll strap a bomb to their chest and blow up themselves in a hundred-something people. But if it rained too hard, there were some of you that wouldn't have came to church today. But I'm devout. I'm apostolic. We got to stop saying it and living like it. This is kingdom alignment. It's time to flow in the spirit every day of your life. Let's pray. (laughs) Let's pray. If you can intercede, intercede. If you can war, you begin to war. We're gonna change the atmosphere in Austin, Texas. We're gonna break barriers in Austin, Texas. Today, we're going to a new kingdom dimension in Austin, Texas. Today, you're gonna flow in everything that God has called and ordained you to flow in. Today, you're gonna make up your mind and say, God, not my will.